Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. It's good to see you guys. Hope you're having a great weekend. Welcome to Creekwood. You know, I want to take a moment and uh, just celebrate what happened last weekend. Uh, You know, uh, last weekend was Easter and we had a huge celebration here. We had a total of six services that we did throughout the weekend, and so most of the staff has been in a coma. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, it was a great, great weekend, and we are celebrating uh, lots of things. One thing we're celebrating is that over 2,200 people attended uh, our services, so man, let's just give God a hand for that today. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for inviting your friends and inviting people to to show up. And, you know, because you invited people and you shared and uh, prayed for people, um, the big number that we're celebrating today is the fact that 110 people accepted Christ last weekend. Amen? Man, that is what it's all about. People accepting Christ and coming to know Christ, it's, it's really what it's about, all about. And thank you so much for praying and inviting your friends. And I also want to just say a special thank you to all of those that served uh, this past weekend. We are so grateful for you and, and what you do. And so many of us, man, you, you serve behind the scenes in the parking lot ministries and greeters and all the different places with our babies. And it just, it's, it's worth what we do. It's worth it. When we are able to see people come to know Christ and experience for the first time the fact that Jesus Christ loves them and wants to just give them a great life. So, man, thank you so much. And, you know, if you're here today and last weekend was your first weekend to be with us and uh, this is your second weekend to be here, it's a huge honor to have you here with us today. And we want you just to feel at home and relax and enjoy this service today. Before we get into our teaching today, let me just mention to you... um, You've heard us talk a lot about that here at Creekwood, we believe that we ought to make a difference in people's lives. And we we believe that God has called us not just to make a difference in Mansfield, but around the world. And we, um, throughout the year, do different missions, trips, and missions outreaches. And there's a whole list. If you go online, you'll be able to see a lot of the different missions trips that we've got. But one that is coming up really fast is in June, June the 10th. We're going to the Dominican Republic. And uh, just, this is such a great trip. My wife was on this trip last year, and it just totally changed her life. Being able to go and work with the kids there, and we're going to be doing several building projects and things. And I just want to encourage you, if you've ever been, never been on a trip like this, it will change your life. And uh, go online, you can, you can really find out the information about it. If you want to talk to a person about this, you can email, there's some email contacts on there, also a telephone number that you can call to be able to connect and just get some information. And it doesn't matter... Um, Man, maybe you don't have any building experiences or anything like that, but if you can go and love people, you can go on this trip. And so I just want to encourage you and just uh, to, to, to pray about this and think about this and, and uh, maybe spending some weeks during the summer uh, making a difference in people's lives. Well, I want to get into our teaching, and I want to mention this to you also today. I, if you're new, I normally don't sound this nasally, but I've been... <laughs> I've been sick this whole week after Easter. I, man, I got really sick and um, been on antibiotics, went and got a shot. And I'm the kind of person when I get sick, I'm like, I got to get better now. 
And I don't like to be sick. When I am sick, I'm a baby to ask my wife. Uh, but I, I went and got a shot. I've been on antibiotics and stuff and just in, taking cough medicine and these little pills and stuff. And haven't, man, it, just even yesterday I felt horrible. And I, I was getting ready to come to service last night. And I told my wife, I said, I feel so drowsy. I don't know what it is. I just feel so sleepy. And I went and looked at the pills that I've been taking and I looked at the bottle, and it says, may cause drowsiness. Uh, uh, don't operate a, a, a motor vehicle. So, but I, it's okay not to drive, but you can't preach when you're drowsy. <laughs> so we had a great service Saturday night. I'm just telling y'all that. Y'all missed it. I've been telling y'all y'all need to go to Saturday night service, you know. You just never know what's going to happen. I, I made it through the Saturday night service on uh, cough medicine. I did not realize it was making me drowsy, but I did. I promise you, I didn't take that today. So y'all, y'all can rest. Um, we're in this series, Uncharted Love, and we started last week in talking about the uncharted love of God and how God loves us. But oftentimes, it's so hard for us to understand what God is up to in our life, and oftentimes, what. Really, the plan and, and the way God works in our life, it's just it's uncharted to us. Why? Because we all chart our life out in the way that we want it to be. We, we start off with all these plans. And, man, everybody in here, we love to, to think about our life and what we want our life to be. And it just sometimes it seems like, what in the world is God up to? And, and we, we start to think about our life and how uncharted it can be. And it, I, I'm, I say that to say this, is that at, at times, isn't it true that God absolutely drives us crazy? I know for some of you, maybe you're not comfortable saying that in church. And you're like, man, doesn't that sound a little irreverent to say, God, you're driving me crazy? But I, I think we can be honest. And that God wants us to be honest. And the fact that there are things that God does in our life and how that God works in our life and God loves us, that it seems so uncharted to us that it drives us absolutely crazy. Now, in my hand here, I'm holding something that a lot of the younger generation are not going to know what this is. Some of you kids are looking at me and you're going, what in the world? This is a map of Arkansas. Anybody from Arkansas here? Couple people here, redneck people. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. My mom's from Arkansas. I can knock it. But y'all remember this? We used to have these in our car, right? And <laughs> like some of y'all, just the fact that this is open, it brings back bad memories because <laughs> y'all, some of y'all been to therapy. Because you remember being in the car when your mom and dad were fighting over where you're going. And they were, you know, your dad was, had this out in a station wagon and he's looking at it and your mom yanked it out of his hand. You remember that? And you just like, you know, the worst part of these things was I could never figure out how to fold them back. You knew you were in my car because they were always wadded up. I'm like, just forget it. You know, it's like. But, you know, it used to be so fun to go on a road trip. 
Like you actually had to get it out and chart this thing and look at it. And you were like going, now kids, this is where we're going. And we're starting right here and we're going down here. And you were trying to chart it out and you'd kind of travel along. And sometimes you had to stop, go in someplace and you'd go and you'd say, now where, will you show me on the map where we're at right now? I mean, these things, if you really were like, like uptown, you had the book. Some of y'all still had the book in your car, okay? Or the one, what about the one that was laminated? I used to have a laminated one when I lived in Houston, and I love this thing. You could look it up and find where you're going and stuff. And, you know, I was thinking about this and, and how even um, at growing up, when, when um, I told y'all I can't focus. <laughs> Gosh. Growing up. <laughs> Sorry. Y'all can tell what my spiritual gifts are. Uh, <coughs> growing up, I grew up in South America. I can remember my dad traveling out in the jungle, in the Amazon jungle, when there wasn't a map like that. And I've got a picture of my dad traveling going out into the Amazon jungle, and there was no road signs. It was so uncharted going out in the Amazon jungle, and my dad started lots of churches out there. He's been there over 50 years, and, um, but this is way back like in the 60s, and there was no way to get around except for, like you can see the guy in the front is, is a guide kind of showing you where to go. It's so uncharted. You jump forward to 2017, and what do we have? We have ways. We have our phones that we can punch in. It's like no fun anymore. Like, there's no challenge, right? You just put in the address into your phone, or you get ways. How many of y'all use ways? Like, I love ways. Uh, some of you are like, what's Waze? We don't know what Waze is. Okay. Uh, Waze is this app that just, it, it tells you where to go. And there's a bunch of people that are part of this. And he, just like, what's awesome about it, y'all, is that it will tell you, actually tell you if there's a popo out there. <laughs> you don't know what a popo is. It's a police. But there's people and it's just neat. And, and you don't even have to think about it. You just put the address in and it, it tells you where to go. It, it maps it out for you, and it is just, like, perfect. And I, I, I think what's happened and happens to us is we become conditioned to this. We're conditioned to, let me put this in my phone, and let me figure this out, and, and it's, it's going to tell me. I don't have to think about this. I expect to go from A to point C, and I expect you to help me avoid all the problems, all the detours, is if there's a wreck on there, you, you show me exactly, just talk to me and tell me how to go. And I think what happens is, again, we've been conditioned to this. And what, where, where this translate is, is, translates is then it becomes, as we're conditioned, it becomes so hard for us to follow the uncharted love of God in our life. Because we're conditioned to, God, you just tell me, how, like, 
I'm listening, God, and you just tell me where to go and how where we're going to stop, and let's avoid all the detours in life, and let's avoid all the problems, and I've got a plan for my life, and this is how it's going to go, and we're conditioned, and it doesn't work that way. And God drives us absolutely crazy because his love for us, it's so uncharted. It is so unimaginable for us to begin to understand what in the world is God up to in my life. One of the theme scriptures for this series is going to be in Isaiah 55. It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God's ways, God, the way that God works in our life, it's, it's so uncharted, it's so much beyond anything. And one of, one of the goals that I have throughout this series is that for us to start to really begin to move to a different place in how we view how God works in our life. And that for a lot of us, and I think a part of this is that a lot of us have been so programmed in our life to believe that we can kind of put God in a box. And how God's going to work and God's going to do something a certain way and it doesn't. It, it just when you start to really understand and follow Christ and you start to see how he works, is that he works in our lives in uncharted ways. That he loves us so much is that he's willing to to take us down different paths and different roads that we never imagined. Why? Because he has a goal and a purpose for our life. Today, I want to specifically talk to you about the fact that we go through problems and, and trials in our life and I'm just going to state the obvious. I don't like problems. I don't. Anybody here like problems? Okay, we're going to pray for you. Um, (laughs) Problems make me unhappy. Um, True confession to you today is, listen, I, I want God to eliminate all my problems. It's even more embarrassing for me to say this to you is that I expect as a pastor, as a Christian, as a believer, I expect God to eliminate all my problems. I'm just living that way. I'm expecting God and I'm waiting around for God to like, God, I'm serving you. I'm trying to be a good Christian. God, I expect you to Take away my problems. And what happens is that God doesn't do that. I'm yet to find the person that can tell me 100% in their life there's not one single problem. There's not one single trial, not one single thing that you're going through in your life that is unexpected. God doesn't remove those things. And, and I, I think what happens is it, it's partly the, to blame the churches, partly to blame pastors or to blame with this because what we've preached and what we've taught so oftentimes is, man, if you'll just come to Jesus, all of your problems will go away. You want, help, you want your problems to go away, just give your life to Jesus. We probably have said that to somebody. And what happens is people give their heart to Jesus, they come to know the Lord, and then they're like, I follow the formula and I still have problems. What's going on? 
I still have all of these problems, and I did all the steps, and yet what you see in the Bible, like for instance, there's a scripture in John 16, verse 33, it says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Like, I don't like the first part. I don't like the fact that it says, in this world you will have trouble. Like, nobody takes that little phrase and puts it on their refrigerator. Like, praise God, it says I will have trouble. What's, what's really crazy to me, and I want you to follow me today and really listen to me, because what, what, I, what I find out, it's, it's really crazy to me. It's almost like God sees value in my problems. This is so crazy to me, because what I, the way I have been programmed in my head is God your love for me, you love me, you care for me, so you ought to make my life be great and just smooth and no problems. And yet what I, I see in the Bible is that God actually values problems and trials in my life. That God actually works through these things in my life to help me. If you want to write this down, I, under God sees value in my problems. My, do you know that my problems turn my attention to God? My problems turn my attention to God. I mean, think about this. Isn't it true that... <clears throat> isn't it true that... Like, I, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but it's true for me. Like, when my wife and I aren't getting along... And she's not doing what I say. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Some of y'all think pastors, like, pastors never in their marriage, they don't fight. Listen, we fight. We, we have fights. We have arguments, all kinds of stuff. We got normal problems just like you do. Um, but when we're not getting along and, and I'm having problems and I'm stressed out and there's issues with the staff or whatever, like, you know what I'm doing is I'm like, God, would you please move? Like when I'm going through junk in my life, I'm like so close to God because what? I'm seeking him. When I am walking through something that is so uncharted for me and my, the rug gets pulled out from underneath me, listen, I'm listening to, to Sandy Patty music. Like I'm breaking out Larnell Harris because I'm like, I need a, I need a word from God. Like if I'm really going through stuff, man, I'll like break out the Gaithers. Some of y'all don't even know who they are. It's just old school. But that's just my nature. And when things are going just perfect and things are going so good in my life and it just seems like everything is going just perfect, listen, I drift. Like I'm breaking out Alabama. Like George Strait, come on. I'm like in my car listening to country music loud, just like, man, this is awesome. Give me some journey. I don't know. (laughs) But let my life, let me walk through some problems. It draws my attention to God. When I'm going through stuff in my life, when when it's so uncharted, when I'm going, God, give me that map now because you don't know what you're doing in my life. When I want to whip the map out of God's hands because he doesn't know what he's doing because this is not the way we charted it, God. Come on. 
What it does is that it draws my attention to God. And listen to me. One of the things that you're going to understand is when a teacher wants a student to grow, the teacher doesn't give the answers. The teacher gives problems. God will allow you to walk through problems to help you become the person that God wants you to be. Now listen to me. I I know there are people here that are walking through all kinds of problems, all kinds of things in your life that you are like, man, I don't know why I'm going through this. And I wish I could tell you, I, I know one thing is that we live in a broken world. We live in a world that is full of sin and there are things that are gonna happen in our life that for some of us, maybe what, what you, the problems and trials you're going through in your life, it's because 100% you were stupid. <laughs> some of y'all are like, oh, I'm glad I came to Creekwood. Pastor called me stupid. <laughs> Come on, haven't we all done some stupid stuff in our life? We've all done that stuff. For some of us, the reason why you're going through junk in your life is because somebody else did something. It's somebody else's fault. It doesn't matter if it's your fault or other people's fault. You're still going through it. The question is, what are you going to do in the midst of the uncharted moments of your life where you are wondering what's going on, God? Are you going to find yourself continually just saying, God, the bottom's fallen out of my life. You must not love me. You must not care about me. And what we, we, we find ourselves in these pity parties, we fill ourselves full of anger and resentment, and all along it's, it's what God is doing. Is he's trying to use that problem, those trials in our life, to draw our dependence, draw us to him. Job's 30, Job 36 verse 15 says, but by means of their suffering, he rescues those who suffer. For he gets their attention through adversity. Don't you love that scripture? Like that's not selling books, right? (laughs) Like you don't see TV evangelists telling you that. But he draws our attention through adversities in our life. I mean, think about some of the things that you've walked through. And I I love what Gordon McDonald talking about this. He says that life is a series of mid-course corrections. Life is a series of mid-course corrections. And I mean, think with me for just a moment. Isn't there some moments in your life when you look back on your life and you walk through some things that maybe you lost your job? Maybe it was you were in a job that, that your coworkers were like total jerks to you and you hated it and it caused you to make some big decisions and you made those changes and you were like, I'm so glad that happened. For some of you, maybe it's because you're, you're going, you know what, had my business not gone bankrupt, I would have lost my marriage. Had I not lost this or this happened, I, I would have lost my connection with my kids. Had I, I know I was thinking about this even in my own life, I know like when I was in college, I know some of y'all think I just dated a bunch of women and I was like Mr. Popular. I wasn't. Shocker. But you know, I was starting to question God's uncharted love. 
because I was already a senior and I had not met the girl of my dreams. And all along, and, and I'm not, I, you guys have heard my story before about this, but do you know that there were lots of times that I questioned God's love for me? And I questioned why, why, why God does every girl not want to date me? I'm just telling you that, that there are moments that you look back on your life and you walk through some things that it was so uncharted, it was so not according to your plan, and all along you did not realize that God was in control and that God was using those adversities and those problems to grow you, to, to, to cause you to, to, to motivate. Do you know that pain motivates us to change? Let your, when you get in enough pain... You, you will change. Do you, do you know that, that why does God allow and why does God value problems in my life? It's because God knows me. God knows me that most of the time, the only way that we change and the only way that I'll change in my life, it's when what? When I am forced to do it. When I have so much pain, so much of what's going in my, in, in, on in my life that, it, that pushes me to make these changes in my life. I think a great example of this is in Luke chapter 15, and it's the story of the prodigal son. And basically this story in Luke 15, it's, it's the story of this arrogant, cocky teenager that he comes to his dad and he says, hey, I don't care if you're dead or alive, I want my inheritance. Go read the story. It's just, it's a crazy story. And the dad gives him all this money and this this kid does what, what most kids do that have too much money and no responsibility. He does this. He wastes it all. And the Bible doesn't tell us what he, all the junk that he did, but I bet he went out and bought a bunch of fast chariots. <laughs> Got a bunch of women to hang out with him. Be best friends. He, he did all this crazy stuff, and, and he's living the, the vita loca. And then some bad things start to happen. A famine happens, and he loses it all. And listen to what it says in the, the last part of that, that scripture. It says, he began to hurt. He began to hurt. He, he, he signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig's slop. But no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. See, this insurmountable challenge brought him to his senses. This is what, again, why when you start thinking about God's love and how uncharted it, it is in our life, and that God knows something that we don't know, and that how God, man, God's plan is perfect for our life, and that he's working some things out, and we don't, we don't have the perspective that God has for us. And being able to move in our life to this place of, of God, whatever you want to do in my life, in the midst of this, this, this trial, this, this problem, I, instead of me asking you to, to take it away, God, what I'm going to do is I'm going to embrace it and let it draw me close to you. See, the definition of biblical wisdom is making changes before my life forces me to change. Like, isn't that... You know you're starting to mature in your life when you start to make decisions and you start to do something about a problem 
before you're forced to do it. Like, I bet a lot of you that that are parents of 16-year-old kids know what I'm talking about when it comes to teaching your 16-year-old son about this. Like, you know, you're, you've got a 15-year-old teenager that, that is living in the house, and you're like going, you know what, son, daughter, you know, in the family ledger, you got a debit. And you need to do something around this house, and you need to help take care of the yard. And t- if you see the trash that's overflowing, you need to not wait till I tell you to do it, you do it. Amen? Amen. Parents, come on. Uh, <laughs> and, and part of maturity is when you start to... And, and this is what happens is that, that God wants to move you to this place, but oftentimes what has to happen is there's got to be pain, there's got to be problems, there's got to be trials in our life to cause us to move us to this place where God can begin to transform our life. Number two, my problems, if I'm honest about it, they shape my character. They shape my character. You think about this, is that God is more concerned with our our character than he is our comfort. That God, God is more concerned about your character and you growing into the person that he wants you to be than he is you, tr- you just being comfortable. James 1, verse 2 in the message, it says, consider it a sheer gift. You ought to underline that. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Wow. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. I mean, in that right there where we're at, most of us is we're trying to get it over with quick. Like, it's kind of like getting a spanking. You're like, God hurt, you know, telling your parents, hurry up. I want this over. And this is, we try to get out of things so quickly without letting God teach us what he's trying to teach us. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. You know, I hated this verse growing up. I, I didn't like the fact that it says, consider it a sheer gift, a gift that I'm going through trials, a gift that I'm going, that I've got problems in my life. And what you start to see it as a gift is when you start to see that really God's intention for you walking through what you're walking through is that he loves you so much that it is making you into a better person. That it is transforming you. It is, it is creating something gr- far greater than anything you could ever imagine. James, Listen to the New Living Translation of this same scripture. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow from when your endurance, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete or strong in character, needing nothing. I want you to write this word down. Write the word choose. The word choose is a, a very important thing when it comes to walking through your problems and trials in your life. And again, this, is, this has to be where you move in your life to making the decision that every time you face a problem, a trial, whatever it is that you're facing in your life right now, that instead of you saying, God, why did this happen? That you choose to make the decision to say, God, what are you trying to do in my life in the midst of this? God, I, 
I choose, I make this decision. What, what are you trying to do in my life? Do you, do you know that, that it's easy to look at like a marriage and, and, and you look at on the surface and say, man, they've got a great marriage. Or you look at different people and you're like, man, I wish my life was like that. But you know, even when it comes to marriage, that most marriages that are great are born out of adversity. That they walked through some stuff where they had to make a decision that they said, you know what, we are going to choose to grow in the midst of this. That you make a decision instead of going, God, why are we walking through this? You say, God, I choose to, 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 to lean into the fact that you are working, that you love me big time in my life. And as uncharted as this seems in my life, God, I'm going to trust you. God, whatever you're trying to teach us in our relationship, in my own life, I'm going to trust you. And what that does is it begins to grow your character, grow your life into what God wants you to be in your life. Listen to this scripture in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Wow. Man, haven't we all at one time or another jumped to the conclusion that God's not on the job? Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. You know what, what it means for you to experience the glory of God in your life? It's when God, is, God receives the glory for what's happening in your life. Listen to me. When God receives the glory, when, 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 when you walk through a problem and you grow in the midst of that, God receives the glory. Because God worked through that problem to grow you into the person that God wants you to be. When God uses the fact that your marriage blew up or your finances blew up or whatever problem that you've gone through in your life. And and God uses you to make a difference in somebody else's life. That you're able to go to them and say, you know what man, I know you're going through a lot. But listen, let me share with you. We've walked through the same junk. This is how bad it was in our life. And all along, man, we, we, we never realized that God was with us and God loved us. And that, you know what, now it's starting to make sense why God took us down the road that he took us down. That that road that God took us down was so crazy, uncharted. It drove us crazy when we were in the midst of it. But you know what, God is receiving the glory God is receiving the glory right now because God is using this as part of our story for us to make a difference in people's lives. That's the glory of God. That's God receiving glory. Listen, God loves you too much to just allow you to just exist. I know we want to exist in our greatest, we we want to just say, God, my greatest plan for my life, what I've charted out is number one is me, myself, and I needs to be happy. And I just want to be happy. And do you know that God loves you too much to, to just allow the greatest thing that happened in your life was just happiness? That there's a purpose and a plan in God's uncharted love. God loves you so much, he's going to take you down some roads that you never imagined. I want to close with this, this scripture. It's found in Genesis chapter 50. Genesis chapter 50 is a story 
<coughs> of Joseph. And you can't talk about this topic without talking about Joseph. Joseph, I mean, think about it, where Joseph went in his life and what happened in his life. He started off as this young kid that he's the favorite. He's, you know, the kid with the coat of many colors. He's going around kind of cocky, talking about all his dreams and all the great things that are going to happen in his life. And his older brothers look at him and say, you want a dream? We'll show you a dream. They beat him up, tie him up, throw him in a pit. And you, you start to follow his life that there is this, this, this systematic thing that starts to happen in his life. That he goes from the pit to problems. He goes to Potiphar's house and he's trying to serve God. And he's thinking, you know what, I'm serving God and somehow God's going to turn me back to my home. All along he did not realize that God had a purpose and a plan for what he was walking through. He got falsely accused. He gets thrown into prison. He gets forgotten all along, not realizing God is preparing him for the palace. God used a pit. God used these problems, this prison, to promote Joseph to the palace. And my question to you this morning is maybe the reason you are going through this uncharted season, uncharted part of your life is God is preparing you for something. And I love this scripture. Listen to what Joseph says this. And in Exodus, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19, this is what Joseph says to his brothers at the end of this story. When he reconnects with them, he says, but Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What a powerful story. And I, I just want, to, want you to hear me today as we close, is that God loves you. And I want to remind you of the fact that God loves you so much that he has your best interest in your life, and oftentimes it's going to be uncharted because his ways are higher than yours. You can't imagine or even begin to dream of where he really wants to take you. See, if you could figure this out and you could work it all out on your own, you wouldn't need God. You need God in your life to show you and to direct your path, but it's gonna require a trust in your life. I want to ask you to bow your heads today and I want to pray with you. I know that so many of us here today, man, we're walking through some very difficult moments, a lot of difficult problems, struggles. And I wish for anything that I could stand up here and tell you that it's all going to go away. I really honestly cannot tell you why you're going through what you're going through. But I would just draw your attention to God at this moment. To look to God and say, God, I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through in my life. I don't understand why.
But God, even in this moment, I will trust you, God, and my focus is going to be on you, God, that your love for me is not in question, and that my peace and my joy, as the Scripture says, that we count it great joy when we face trials. How can we have that joy? It's because we know that God is at work in the midst of all of that. And I just want to pray over you today and ask God to help you. And, you know, if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ into your life, I encourage you to to make that decision right there at your seat. Just say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Forgive me of all of my sins. I make you the Lord of my life today. You can pray that prayer right there at your seat to just confess your sins and make him the Lord of your life. Father, thank you for every person here today, God. And God, all of us are walking through different things in our life. And God, I just pray that, God, you, God, would so reveal to us, God, not the fact that you're going to take away every problem, but that you are with us today. God, you are walking through everything with us, God, that you are carrying us, God, when we can't walk. That, God, I pray that we would be more focused not on getting through the problem, but, God, what are you trying to teach us in the midst of this? God, that it would cause us, God, to become all that you want us to be, God. We thank you for this, God, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.